We got wah pedal solos, a drunk ace freely, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and much, much more on the Metal Shop Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Metal Shop Podcast with me, Big Frog. Me, Mike Castleberry. And this time we're going to be talking about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame 2023, the new Metallica album, and our experience watching Ace Freely at the Belly Up Tavern. I guess we'll start with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame since that's our recurring theme that we go to. Yeah, except for when we fucked up and forgot to do one last year. But. Right, right. <laughs> so and when, that was when... Uh, when Priest actually got in. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of. <laughs> and this year, let's not bullshit. The the one that concerns us the most really is Iron Maiden. And it seems like it concerns us more than it concerns them because like Bruce Dickinson's on record saying he doesn't give a fuck about it and doesn't care to show up if they do get in. So that's kind of a, I don't know how they're going to feel about that or if it's going to make any difference. You know, Bruce says that, but I get the feeling, just for the sake of the fans, let's say they actually get inducted, they're going to fucking go. They're oh, not yeah. going to skip it. This isn't a Van Halen situation where everybody was mad at each other at the time mm-hmm. and shit like that. Um, they're they're all together. They're a happy band, you know, other than uh, Paul Diano. Who's over right. there with like jacked up legs and shit, and right. he would, he'd be inducted also. I imagine he wouldn't be there. I don't even know if he can safely fly right yeah. now. Yeah, but um, I can't imagine him skipping on actually doing that, even if it's just to like do a speech on how they don't give a shit and then play a set. But at the same time, Bruce is fucking weird, right? So <laughs> you never know with Yeah, them. you know, I've been I've been tripping out lately because like in the past few days I've been watching a lot of interviews of um Fernando Tatis because you know he's coming back from suspension whatever whatever. Mm-hmm. And so there's a million people interviewing him and they're all asking him the same questions. And he's just giving them the same answers, you know, like as best as he can remember them because he's trying not to say nothing stupid or whatever it is. I think when you're like somebody like Bruce or, you know, any other like big star and people are just sticking microphones in your face constantly, 
you probably just get bored with saying the same shit all the time and just be like, fuck it, you know what? I'm just going to see what happens if I say this or see what happens if I say that, you know, or people take my shit with a grain of salt anyway, so whatever, you know? Yeah. So I don't even know if he, like, 100% meant that shit or, you know, it was just bullshitting or it was just like, I wonder what the Hall of Fame will think if I say this, you know, or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, whatever. I, I would look forward to seeing him. Um, as far as Paul, last time that he was supposed to come here uh, to do a show, all his U.S. concerts were canceled because he couldn't get a visa to get into the States. So there, there might be some issues with that even or whatever, but the band as it is now is, is you know, all-inclusive. Um I guess it would be cool if they had Dennis Stratton come and play, maybe. Um, that would be awesome. And right now, they're fourth in the voting. And I don't think the voting's not binding, right? It has something to do with it. But at the end of the day, they just pick. Yeah, it's... I don't think it's... I think it's maybe... I didn't look to see if it even affects anything at all. Or Ooh. if it's just... So maybe some of the writers can get a gauge on where the fans are at with mm-hmm. this shit. Or if maybe it's like it's worth one vote. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or something right. like... Combined, it's like one ballot type of yeah. thing. You know, it's you got to think at some point if if someone's in the top five and maybe they're not the biggest in the states anymore. Mm-hmm. But even that, that's debatable because it seems like they sell out mm-hmm. any tour in the states. Yeah, you got to factor in people that were like pioneers of a genre Mm -hmm. if you know if you're getting in you know if you're finally getting in you know bands like judas priest if black sabbath's in there if metallica's in there Mm -hmm. you're kind of finally like you've we talk about this every year and i keep saying they're fucking running out of dad bands Mm-hmm. To put in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, right? At some point, the dads are the metalheads. Yeah, you know, 
and they're gonna start getting their dudes in Iron Maiden is fucking perfect because despite the fact that they're old they're like a youthful old so it's not like when you finally get in a band and it's like a bunch of decrepit ass dudes that can't even play anymore so you have someone playing a cover set or you know half of the (laughs) founding members are dead Mm -hmm. and shit like that you have a band where everybody's alive Mm -hmm. well everybody obviously everybody's alive in the current band but basically everybody (laughs) that's in the that's been in the band since the mid 80s right is alive i think their their original drummer uh died (laughs) that's it but um other than that they're they're alive they tour regularly they put on a kick-ass show still the band is tighter than it's ever been so Mm -hmm. you got like a product that'll look cool Mm -hmm. and then you have i don't know fucking metallica inductum probably Mm-hmm. Like one, at least one member of Metallica. It's probably Lars. You yeah, know, Lars and James go up there yeah. and talk about them for a couple minutes, and then you're good. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I I I feel like I say this every year. I was like, this could be the year, but this is the first time right. I think Maiden's actually been cracking like the top five in the um the fan vote. What's What's getting me? I mean, I don't know how we're going to go through this. Fucking George Michael is dominating the fan vote. And I did right. not know that motherfucker was that popular. Right. <laughs> well, there you go. That You know, talking about fame. You know, I mean, it's it's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So I think at some point being famous should count for something. And as far as getting back to Maiden real quick, Maiden's fucking famous, dude. Eddie is fucking Famous. You fucking think of a heavy metal concert shirt, you're probably picturing an Iron Maiden shirt. You know, people fucking uh, who don't really know heavy metal, they say Iron Maiden to just throw out a generic heavy metal band. That's fucking, you know, that's a certain level of fame. And I think that, you know, definitely, and throughout the world too, you know, a lot of bands, some of the bands that we talk about, they're not known throughout the world. Iron Maiden is known throughout everywhere. So I think definitely they should get in. George Michael, man, George. well, George Michael famous as fuck. And, you know, ever since, like, he was one of those where he was in a group first and the group was huge. Then he went solo and he was huge solo. So that kind of gives him a, a double double thing. And then he's got kind of iconic songs, even like the silly, like, Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go or whatever. Everybody knows that shit. Careless Whispers, like, on everybody's wedding. I'm kind of not surprised that he's up there so high. Yeah. I Maybe, maybe. It's just, I guess I, I, I must have just missed the whole George Michael thing, you know? Yeah. I yeah, was he, a little young when Wham! was big and then I remember Faith and stuff like that but right. I didn't realize he was like such a massively beloved superstar Consider it feels like I mean he's been dead a minute he died in 2016 right. but it feels like he hadn't done anything particularly noteworthy since like the mid 90s yeah he hadn't done anything for a while that's true so it's that's why I'm kind of like wow that's crazy that he's leading the fan vote 
What doesn't surprise me is uh, right now in second place is Cindy Lauper, and I know a lot of people think of her as kind of a one-hit wonder. Right. But man, she has a dedicated fan base. Totally, totally. Like people that like like are into Cindy Lauper, fucking love Cindy Lauper, mm-hmm. and it keeps making me go like maybe I should actually sit down. <laughs> and listen to some of her shit. Right. She's also on the forefront right now of um she was standing there with a sign at some protest with with uh girls just want fundamental rights. Yeah. You know, or yeah, girls just want to have fundamental rights. There you go. And whatever. So she's kind of on the front page right now. I remember that album when it came out, my sisters had it. They were little and they had that girls that um She's So Unusual was the name of the yeah. album. And yeah, man, I mean, you know, it, it's like corny little pop stuff. But then, too, like um, that True Colors song, Time After Time, those are pretty good songs. Like, yeah. you know, tearjerker type of uh, type of thing. So, you know, not my speed, but, you know, people love it. So, yeah. right on, Cindy Lauper. And she, uh, she was, um, she came up, too, with the... Uh, she was kind of the first one to do crossover with wrestling. She yeah. was uh she had uh Captain Lou was supposed to be like her manager or some shit. Yeah, and, uh, no, that was I was gonna mention that. She was the rock in rock and wrestling uh mm-hmm. back in the day. And that was you know, it's funny because yeah, Hulk Hogan blew up huge back in the day, but that gateway was Captain Lou was in her video playing her dad and i was actually listening to a podcast where they're talking about that a little bit and they basically picked him out i was like oh you look like a big fat dickhead that'll (laughs) yell at his kids you're you're in you're in this video and people saw captain lou in this video and then all of a sudden you know he's he was also had the there was the uh wwf cartoon at the time that captain lou was in Mm -hmm. so then they made that outreach because vince mcmahon wanted to get more of that mainstream appeal, get wrestling in the mainstream. Mm-hmm. And he had that connection. Yep. So Cindy Lauper was there for a show. And next thing you know, you got Ozzy Osbourne showing up and bat. He was in like the British Bulldogs corner for either WrestleMania one or WrestleMania two or something like that. Like just shit like that. So it, she kind of got that rolling. So she's shockingly, I think, I think she's still not in the WWE Hall of Fame, actually. Uh, I think they might be getting her in this year, but I'll have to double check on that. Maybe they'll do a crossover. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, Cindy Lauper, she's she's big. Like I said, it was George Michael that kind of caught me off guard that, damn, people love the shit out of Careless Whisper, huh? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Number three is Warren Zevon. And he's one of those dudes that I could have swore he was already in because he seems like the type of dude that would already be in. Yeah. But um, but again, like for me, man, I mean, you know, I know the Werewolves of London song and I've looked up some of his other songs and I don't really know any of them. It could be one of those things where a certain song had like so much impact, like Bang a Gong or, you know, certain songs that we, that we don't really feel today. But, you know, had a huge impact. And maybe that was one of those songs that just, you know, on the strength of, you know, 
anarchy in the UK, you know, yeah. sex pistol, you know, whatever. Okay, I maybe it's one of those situations. Maybe, yeah. I can't say I know know too much of his shit. Um, so, you know, but hey, it's like that singer songwriter. He's he's got his, you know, he's he's got his fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, we already caught a cover made in there in fourth place right now. Yep, and uh, and fifth is Soundgarden cracking yeah. the uh, top five on this, which. That's another one that, man, that'd be sick if they get in. But, mm-hmm. I mean, Chris Cornell's dead. Mm-hmm. So you don't get that full effect. Even if they do get in, you don't get that Chris Cornell performance. You know, right. He's one of the best rock vocalists of all time. Right. I don't know who you have performed the songs at that point. I imagine Chris Cornell's daughter or somebody is there to accept and maybe I don't know who you have induct them. Um, I'm trying to think of like dudes from that era. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised if if Dave Grohl inducted him. I was going to say maybe Dave Grohl. Yeah. Maybe like flea or something. Yeah. Flea inducted Metallica. So but it's a good time actually for Soundgarden because they just um, came to an agreement. The band and um, and Chris Cornell's widow came to an agreement about the unreleased songs and you know royalty stuff and whatever because they were they were in lawsuit territory for a while, and so now they reached a settlement and that was just like yesterday. So that would bode well for them. Uh, getting together um you know as far as a singer who would who if the band played who would sing i would say you know if they want to do it like a tribute style do have singers that were like you know good friends with him or something like that if you want it to sound like soundgarden i would get richie kotzen man because he sounds a lot like chris cornell Mm. so that would be pretty uh that would be pretty awesome I don't know if they want to go that way. It would be interesting, and I like Soundgarden. I'm a fan, and, you know, I hope they get in. Yeah, like we've talked about them before. They were – I always said that the uh, the early, you know, quote, grunge scene, mm-hmm. I think they loop – they cast such a wide net on that because mm-hmm. all, the, all the bands that came out of that Seattle scene all had wildly different sounds. Totally. You know, Nirvana was more punk, mm-hmm. and Soundgarden was much more metal sounding. Way more metal.
So was Alice in Chains. Yeah. To the point, well, Alice in Chains to the point where uh, Kurt Cobain fucking thought they're all posers. Yeah. Because they were they were originally from L.A. and moved up there. Mm. So they, you know, because there's a whole thing with Alice in Chains. They used to be, it was Allison, A-L-L-I-S-O-N. Yeah. It was Allison Chains, and they were kind of a fucking glam rock right. band. Right. Yeah, I think I remember kind seeing of, pictures of that. Kind of similar to that era of Pantera that mm-hmm. nobody talks about, mm-hmm. that pretends didn't happen. And then they kind of moved up to Seattle and uh, kind of changed their sound up and got more into that sound. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so not all those bands from that era were originally from Seattle. Right. I mean, fucking Stone Temple Pilots um, came up here in San Diego. Right. And there is no uniform grunge sound. If anything, there was kind of more of a grunge look. That's what it is. Yeah. It's the same as, like, the hair bands. Yeah. They gave, like, the whole fucking genre a name based off the look. Right. Right. Versus the sound. Although hair metal, you got a lot of fucking copycats that started coming up in that. Everybody was fucking, you know, you start off with kind of Poison was kind of knocking off Van Halen in some ways. And a little bit, a little bit, uh, you know, Motley Crue also uh, were kind of doing that. But then you got a bunch of bands that are kind of knocking off Poison. Right, right. And it just got flooded with you know there is some cool stuff in that i've kind of warmed up to it a lot of when you start getting those bands that were all just jumping on the trend oh yeah man it's bad (laughs) yeah forget it yeah all right so outside of the top five we've got some cool people willie nelson i like willie rock and roll doesn't spring to mind with him but you know i mean shit and as far as being famous who the fuck's more famous um. Yeah, I I ain't got nothing bad to say about nope. Willie. I think most people fucking like Willie. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> you know, if Dolly Parton gets in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, there ain't no reason Willie Nelson can. Yeah, there you go. Maybe that's their fucking workaround on all the. They're running out of dad bands, so now they're fucking putting all the country stars in country, over yep. the metal too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, Kate Bush, which again I thought she was. I thought she got in three times last year, but um, no, I guess I guess she's not. So I must have been watching some other show. <laughs> Kate Bush, I feel like you know what? I don't get. That's one of those I don't get. Don't get ones. It. Yeah, I don't. I don't really dig her her shit that much. I mean, if she gets in, I'm not going to complain. Yeah, but. Um, this feels like kind of riding a popularity surge mm-hmm. from Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, her fucking songs all over the radio again, and because a bunch of fucking kids that everybody watched Stranger Things and dug the song from it, and now she's kind of had this career renaissance. Yeah. That I don't know. I haven't checked to see if she's put out some new shit to capitalize, but uh, I hope she does. Yeah, it'd be Get a that, good idea. Yeah. You know, Get your fucking money. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Now, from a more neutral perspective, uh, Lonnie likes likes Kate Bush because she's different, 
because she's and because she like owns that shit. Like if you see her dancing in her old videos or whatever, like she's that dance like nobody's looking kind of fucking. She doesn't care yeah. how stupid she looks or whatever. And so you know, yeah, like like um, Lonnie says, she's about it. So okay, cool. She's about it. Right on. Um, yeah, a lot of people are about things that I'm not into. Yeah, so, that's you know. true. Absolutely, absolutely. But, uh, I I I don't wish any ill on her. No. Nah. Um. But yeah, no. It's like some things. Some things that that are that are on this list. I'm just not into. Right. And that's okay. You yeah. know. And I try to. I've tried to branch out from just being the metalhead kid. Right. You know. Right. But that's one that I. Whatever. <laughs> I can see where, you know, okay, she's different. She has something. She's got, you know, whatever. But I I wouldn't, if I was around at that time, like, um, I'm not sure if it was Jimmy Page or it was David Gilmore or one of those two. I think they both were fans of hers. But one of them was like, I've got to produce this chick. And I'm just not hearing that. I'm not, you know, like unless you try to bang her or something, you know, I don't. Yeah, yeah. I think that's half of it sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? But, you know, uh, good luck. Keep, I mean, if luck has anything to do with it, she'll get in because she's been getting really lucky lately. So right on, Kate Bush. Yeah, she was hot back in the day. Yeah, for sure. Okay. <laughs> Next on the list is um, usually they don't do it like this. But it's Joy Division slash New Order. And that all falls into the, you know, we used to have a derogatory term for that stuff in high school. So, yeah, <laughs> that, wasn't, that wasn't my uh, cup of tea. So That was for the, uh, the alternative lifestyle yeah. crowd, huh? Yeah. But, yeah, so I don't really know too. I know, I kind of know more new order mm -hmm. than joy division but yeah that's kind of like one spun off the other right wasn't it so it's kind of like that's weird when you kind of mash up what's kind of two brands mm -hmm. into one thing mm -hmm. basically saying like yeah you're all the same yeah <laughs> yeah but that way we don't have to bother with you again later yeah that's <laughs> like uh i'm trying to think of any other bands that's like if they they did, you know, Deep Purple plus Rainbow or something. Right. Like that. Yeah. You know? Right. Exactly. That's That seems kind of like what it would be like. All right. Next on the list, Cheryl Crow. Yeah, next. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I mean she, she's, she's popular she's back in popular. the day. She's got a lot of hits. Uh, she wrote her songs. That should count for something. Um, but yeah, she's this far down on the list. Uh, I think she'll have plenty more chances, so I don't think they'll be too worried about getting her in. Yeah. Um, the spinners are next, which is, you know, again, just singing pretty much. So it's not really rock, but they were huge. They had a lot of hits and some of that, some of that stuff is, um, you know, roots of rock and roll type of thing, you know. Um, could it be I'm Falling in Love, Rubber rubber Band Man, uh, Working My Way Back to You. Those are all like, they're iconic songs from those days. You know, anybody yeah. from those days would know those songs. 
Well, Working My Way Back to You is one of them songs that I thought was older than it actually is. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> that song was came out in 79. Yeah. Uh, I would have... I just assumed that was like an older uh, yeah. Motown recording. But, you know, I mean, they've been around. You know, I... I I always love those the the Motown vocal groups and yeah. shit like that that you know. So yeah. we'll we'll see. Uh, they were never like one of the top acts in that genre, you know. Right. But you know, it's that that's always cool. They can't all get in, but that'd be cool if they did. Right. Next on the list, Rage Against the Machine. Rage Against the Machine is. One of my favorite bands that's not like strictly a metal band. It's got so many other elements to it, yeah. whatever. But, you know, I love the message. I love the anger. I love the the elements that are all in the band. Um, I don't think they'll probably. I don't think they'll probably get in because they're so low on the voting. They didn't have any. They had like maybe one or two hits that were you know, out and they and they haven't done a lot for a while. So. Mm, I don't think that I don't see it happening. I I don't see it happening. I one of the reasons I don't see it happening. I don't think the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame wants to give Zach De La Roca mm. a, a live mic <laughs> during their <laughs> during the Hall of Fame ceremony. Man, you That's th- true. if everybody thought people thought Mike Love when the Beach Boys got in was saying some shit mm-hmm. when he just went up there when everybody else was like, I want to thank everybody. And Mike Love, the fucking prep dork of the Beach Boys, went up and basically spent 10 minutes talking shit on every band. <laughs> <laughs> to the, I don't know if you've ever watched that induction ceremony for I the gotta Beach Boys. I got to see it. I don't think Dude, so. Dude, he just goes up there, calls the Rolling Stones chicken shit for never playing with them. Fucking... <laughs> Wow! Talk shit on the the surviving Beatles for not getting their shit together and coming and performing, and wow. <laughs> he goes off. And it's you know, uh, one of them. Uh, I think it, I can't remember. I think it was um, Carl Wilson um, was like, "Well, our careers are fucked <laughs> <laughs> afterwards." Yeah, and it had this super sweet moment with Brian Wilson kind of overcoming his, you know. Yeah, all his issues he had, and going up there and giving a nice little heartfelt speech, and then Mike Love just showed everybody he was the dickhead of the band, yeah. and that's that's why I've heard a uh, joke something along the lines of you know when you look at the Beach Boys, uh, Carl was the soul, Brian was the heart, Dennis was the the backbone. Uh. And Mike was the asshole. Pretty much. <laughs> and, Pretty much. Oh, man. One of these days, we might have to have a spinoff episode where we just go on about the Beach Boys or some shit. That'll be funny. And farther down the line, we got the White Stripes. Um, One of my faves. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fan, actually. I really dug the White Stripes back in the day. Right. And I'm kind of surprised. Um, Kind of surprised they're that far down. Cause, yeah. You know. Jack White is still doing shit. Right. You know, he's he's never been not active, you know. Right. Um, I kind of get the feeling that he's probably going to get in solo or something mm-hmm. at some point, and maybe that. I don't know. I guess it's one of the... I don't know why, so why they're as low as they are, because they had some hits. 
you know. Right. Yeah, I mean, they were big for a while. They were everywhere. They're at every football game you've right? ever been to at yeah, this they, point. <laughs> the riff is universal now. So, yeah, man, I, you know, I mean, I think they they fit the criteria. There are bands that are in with less, that's for sure. So, you know, we'll see. Um, I've, I've, they seem like one that will get in despite the fan vote right, type of thing. Right. I could see them being like, oh, well, because Jack, Jack White checks off like all the boxes. Mm-hmm. He's a pretty damn good guitarist. You mm-hmm. know, he's really underrated. Just a very a great musician overall. A great songwriter. Writes all his shit. Right. Important. Has had solo hits. Hits with the several bands of his that he's created. Like, he's just been this dude that since, like, 2000, 2001, has just been everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, you've just... You know, he did a fucking James Bond theme mm-hmm. song. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah, he did a documentary with Jimmy Page and The Edge. Yeah. So he's yeah, pretty... Like a couple of them, guys. <laughs> yeah. So he's pretty up there. He's pretty up there. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, it's a big drop-off from Jack White and Jimmy Page to The Edge for me. I never got that. Yeah. Did you ever see that one comedian... Um, I, I have no idea what his name was, but it, this was a quite a ways back. But uh, he was up one of those um, guitar comics, and so he's up there with electric guitar, and he's uh, you know got his got his effects plugged in or whatever, and he starts um, playing something that sounds like U two, and he's like, um, and this is what happens when I step when I turn off the chorus. <laughs> It turns out the chorus and it's just like pling, 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 pling. You know, it's just like fucking whatever. So, but it was, it was a, and, and he exaggerates it for effect, you know, but it was yeah. funny because it's fucking true. You know, that mean the, the, uh, his delays and choruses are kind of the start of the show. So, you know, whatever. Uh, back in, back in the days, my, um, my, uh, the manager at the guitar shop that I worked at, said that uh, the edge was like Mel Bay book 2 which was mm-hmm. these uh the, these first guitar instruction books that used to come out back in the 50s and shit <laughs> but yeah Mel Bay book 2 okay there you go all right at the end of the list we've got Missy Elliott and we also have a tribe called Quest which they're at the bottom of the voting but a rapper generally gets in like usually when they're when they have one on one or two on the list, one will get in. So if I had to guess, I would think it would be a tribe called Quest. That would be my guess. I feel like they're a bit more influential. Mm-hmm. But they might look at Missy Elliott and you know, go like, Oh well, if we can get a female rapper in Right. Female so black and gay. Yeah. That yeah. So it's kind of a, I don't want to, well, I don't want to say it's like a token <laughs> thing at that point, but it's tough. A tribe Called Quest is, uh, they're cool. I always dug them. I, whenever I think of A Tribe Called Quest, I don't know if you ever watched the show The Boondocks yeah. back in the day. Hell yeah. With the cat, Cat Williams as a pimp named Slickback. Yeah. 
Yeah, they're like, hey, Slickback. He's like, nah, my name is a pimp named Slickback. It's like a tribe called Quest. You say the whole fucking thing. <laughs> exactly. I love that show. I was just talking to Lottie about that show the, uh, the other day because uh, something else came up about it. But yeah, no, oh, because Regina King. She had, Regina King has a commercial. I don't know, some weird commercial, but I was like, man, that chick is both of the kids on the boondocks. <laughs> and, that, and I go, that's got to be hard, man. You got you got two like attitudes, two voices, two syntaxes. Yeah. But she pulled it off, man. So yeah, I love that show. All right. Um, so that's uh, a wrap on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, for the next thing, you want to go Ace or you want to go? Uh... Let's talk Ace. Let's, All right. Let's talk Ace and finish on Metallica. <laughs> All right. So last month we went and saw Ace Freely at the Belly Up Tavern and Solana Beach. It was a bit of a drive, but it was fun. And we didn't really know what what to expect to get there when we got there. Uh, I didn't know who the opening act was. We got there and, uh, and the opening act was Eric Steckel, who was a guitar player and, uh, and his surrounding band. And he plays like blues, but it's kind of like a medley kind of blues. And I was impressed with this dude, man. He was killing yeah. it. dude that's where we found out he was like a fucking child prodigy yeah at this shit like he'd been playing blues guitar and playing with some big blues names since he was a fucking kid yeah so yeah eric steckel i was yeah no that shit blew me away i was not you know i always figure you know there's gonna be something sick Mm mm-hmm when you you know last time we saw ace we had a good time with the uh with the opening act so it was cool to see who he'd go with and damn dude it's like you said it's like man he's doing a fuckload with pentatonics there mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> he was he he was just very 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 impressive i can't i can't recommend that dude enough if you like 
fucking that, you know, blues rock guitar and it's, you know, not being stolen from black people. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Check out Eric Steckle. You will fucking get a kick out of this dude. I don't know. I listened to some of his shit after the fact and it was cool. It was still not quite, didn't quite capture seeing that shit live. Right. Because he's, that's where you kind of go into jam mode and shit like that, where he's jamming with his his band and they were all tight. They knew how to follow along with them and, you know, take his lead. Yep. That's, that's a dude that if he, I always feel bad for these dudes that are like, you know how the, they're just born in the wrong era. Mm-hmm. If that dude was born in the 60s. Yeah. He would have been a fucking probably guitar legend yeah. in the 70s. Yeah, he'd been the baddest white boy on the planet as far as blues. <laughs> yeah. If he was, the, if he had the same chops, I guess yeah. we have to, we got to fucking adjust for the fact that a bunch of people have done a bunch of shit before he came along. Right. That he can kind of borrow from. If he right. had the same chops, fucking, people would have been like, holy shit, who's this? Okay, I mean Eric Clapton's good, but look at this fucking dude. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. 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 Because if, if Eric Clapton was slow hand, this fool's fast hand, and yeah. <laughs> and strong hands. Man. Yeah. No, he was. Um. And like most of the songs had two or three solos in them too, so he was like not. You got all the bang for your buck if you were there to watch some shredding, because he fucking yeah, he was all over it. That's where I got to give Ace some credit, man. Mm-hmm. Ace puts up a fucking young dude that fucking rips mm-hmm. ahead of him. And it's basically like, okay, well, I got to fucking top that. Right. Yeah. A lot of Whether guys he did or that. not, we're going to get to that in a minute. Right. Because. Uh, he probably mm, thinks he did. <laughs> I'm sure he thinks he did. But he fucking, he puts that, he put that dude ahead before him. Mm-hmm. And let him go to town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of dudes wouldn't do that. Kiss puts a fucking painter. Right. You know they they're like absolutely no way we're getting out shine yeah. by the paint guy. Exactly. So I like the fact that Ace is still about putting those dudes on tour with him that can fucking rip mm-hmm. and giving them. I don't want to say a huge new audience because. Ace is playing, you know, the belly up and mm-hmm. shit like that. Mm-hmm. But you got a bunch of fucking old dudes showing up for Ace. They're going to see this dude and maybe they'll check it out. Maybe they'll buy a fucking... Old people actually buy the fucking albums. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Right. They don't fuck around with, you know, uh, streaming and shit. They might buy your record. <laughs> right. So that's cool that, you know, he got that little bit of shine. Now, Ace... <laughs> oh, uh, not as good as the last time we saw him. Nope. Not bad enough that I won't do it again. Right. It was, uh, um, it took, it took me about like 10 minutes and a couple of stumbles to figure out that maybe Ace had fallen a little off the wagon and we might be in for a bumpy ride. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but hey, you know, it's, it's like, um, I, like I always say, man, I've seen, um, I like to see 
the whole journey of the artist. If I'm there for the whole journey of the artist, I want to see it all. You know, like you know, like with Michael Schenker. I've been through it all with Michael Schenker. We've been through some rough days, you know, <laughs> and and now he's come through the other side and he's super healthy and super shredding and and everything. And you know, who knows? Um, maybe this is just a little bump in the road for Ace and everything will be all good again. But even then, you know, it was entertaining. It was like you know, it's because it's Ace, you know, and he he's still cool in a way like other motherfuckers aren't. You know, and um, and he can still hit those those notes and, and just ring them out, and it still sounds like Ace. So yeah. you know, it was it was cool. Still, he played a lot better the last time we saw him. No doubt about that. Yeah, but it was cool, and the, his band was good. Still, you know, they're they're still young and energetic. You know, kind of. So yeah, man, I had fun. Altogether, it was a good show. It was a it was a fun show yeah. altogether. There's a fight. Oh over, yeah. In the middle of that shit over a fucking an ace freely pick. He throws out like eight hundred thousand of these fucking yeah. things. And not only does he throw out like all those picks, but his his other guitar player and his bass player throw out his picks also. Yeah. So, I mean <laughs> There's a shitload of picks. If it's not the same as the bass player's pick, I don't care if it says ace you, you, That's true. Ace didn't touch it. Yeah. It didn't yeah. got a little of that magic on it. Right. right. I got a pick this time after fucking Roy had like three of them. Yeah, Roy had three of them. I'm like, yep. give me one of them, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. But these two dudes came across the same pick, and it was the weirdest shit because it seemed like... It came like, up like dogs yeah, fighting over they, a bone. <laughs> they both had the pick pinched between their fingers. And we're like trying to pull on it, and somehow neither one of them was letting it go. But then it got heated. I know there was a ruckus. I didn't really see like a punch land or anything, but it was more like just a extended tussle. But yeah. beer was flying everywhere. There was you know? a tussle. Yeah. Well, that was the thing. Is I'm standing there, Ace is playing "Rip It Out." I'm having a good time, and all of a sudden, like a dude slams into me. Yeah. Pretty hard. And my first thought was, what dumb fuck is starting a pit yeah. at Ace Freely? Yeah. So I was mad yeah. because I, if I go to like a straight up metal show, I expect a pit. Right. If I'm in the pit, that's on me. Mm-hmm. If I get 
jostled in the pit because I didn't get out of it because I'm too slow right. <laughs> to move out of the way when the pit forms. This, you know, if I'm at a thing where no sensible person is gonna have a pit and someone slams into me, I'm I'm mad now because what the fuck are you doing? This is you don't do that here. Mm-hmm. So then I saw his two dumbasses fighting over a guitar pig, and then I was more mad <laughs> because it's like you fucking corny ass idiots. You're yeah. about to get thrown out over a pick when like he said there was not a shortage of them right you're gonna get a chance so you're right. tussling over that and like you said then beers flying i caught like someone's beard of the face yeah and you know like you said man getting fucking covered in beer is less cool when you don't drink anymore right <laughs> um, sure is. so i'm that's where i had to come home and be like i got hit in the face of the beer at the ace freely concert because people were fighting <laughs> this is why i smell like right. beer yeah you know like because a lot out, of beer yeah this shit was a fucking work day <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and they did so get I, kicked out both of them yeah well so, that's the thing is the only reason i was like man if one of these dudes don't start fucking throwing a punch i'm gonna throw a punch <laughs> and just be like it was self-defense sir yeah these dudes are slamming into me i got bad knees and a fake hip i had to hit one of them yep keep them off me <laughs> to defend myself exactly and what are they gonna say you know like oh shit like that one arm guy like i guess yeah that'll look great on the news yeah <laughs> disabled rock fan yeah thrown out of show you know for throwing a punch right. and it's like that's the kind of, it's kind of how i can get out away with things i feel like i can get away with hitting people more than i should i would and, imagine <laughs> yeah and uh they're like, oh, what are you gonna do about it yeah. <laughs> you know i'll get kicked out just for being in the vicinity <laughs> yeah you fucking fit a description Fucking, uh, there's a fight breaking out. It's like, oh, there's a Hispanic male right. in the vicinity of the fight. Uh, so it's yeah, yep. So we'll see about Ace next time when he comes when he comes uh, back around and see what's up. You know, it might be one of those one of those things is just grandfathered in. You know, well, it's one of them things too where uh, someone else was mentioning on another thing about you know seeing ace freely recently uh, this is a guy that had seen ace at a completely different show on that tour is like dude ace is off the wagon so mm-hmm. like, ace was fucked up when i saw him mm-hmm. they could say he wasn't drunk he could say he wasn't drunk but right mm. yeah he was he was on eddie trunk the other day still talking about being sober so he'd be bullshitting <laughs> yeah that's i've seen i've seen ace sober and that wasn't it yeah yeah you that know? wasn't it he was, you know, I played on a what's what song are we doing? Yeah. Is that a kiss song that you guys play? Because they're pulled like also he's old, but right. they're pulling him off and like letting the letting the band kind of jam a little bit while yeah. he changed shirts or Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well they changed his shirt for him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was weird. And fucking <laughs> you know, put some threw some cold water on him yeah. and kind of fanned him. Yeah. Type of thing. But yeah. So they're they jam on a random kiss song for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. But he kind of he I, I just want to say before we move on to the last part, he rallied at the end. For sure. He did put it put it together and finished strong. Yeah. So after you know, he changed his shirt. Yeah. After he <laughs> after they changed a couple shirts and then yeah. he like fucking threw his fucking 
water and shit on the people he's throwing shit to the crowd it was kind of like what are you doing oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. he threw a he threw a glass bottle into the crowd that could have went wrong <laughs> <laughs> that could have totally went wrong yeah yeah that was funny that was when he was talking about uh the belly up i prefer bottoms up yeah yeah he was on one you gotta <laughs> <laughs> bottoms up you know it's like so yeah he's uh he gets his ace laugh in there, and everybody's yeah. fine with everybody's it. Everybody's fine with his ace. <laughs> Fuck it. All right. So, Metallica have a new album, 72 Seasons. The last time we recorded was when the first single dropped. Right. <laughs> so, we had talked about our thoughts on that, but now... We have had, what, about a week now? Right. To absorb the new album, to comb through it, mm-hmm. to decide what you know what our top five is, what's whack. Right. Uh, I would say this. There's nothing whack on this record for me. Okay. I like the whole thing. I know you weren't too keen on uh, Screaming Suicide yeah. when the single dropped. Right. And I will say that's that's maybe a weaker point of the album, but I don't think it sucks. Right. I think um, my takeaway from this is, one, it's better than Hardwire. Mm-hmm. Okay. Overall. Mm-hmm. It doesn't peak as hard as Hardwire did mm-hmm. for the most part. Because fucking spit out the bone rips. Right. And, <laughs> and they don't have anything that kind of hit what spit out the bone did on the last one. Right. But it doesn't have its high points aren't as high as hardwired, but its low points aren't as low. Right. So it's an overall better experience. And two, this might be the best sounding Metallica album. It really does sound good. So that it might be the best fucking production they've had done. Well, yeah, I mean Bob Rock is good at production, mm-hmm. and yeah, the Black Album is slick, mm-hmm. and Load and Reload have pretty pretty good production values. Mm-hmm. This is a great sound to heavier, you know, heavier shit than they had done. Mm-hmm. And man, fucking Lars has never sounded better, right? And James has never sounded better. You know, I uh, agree. One of the things that I noticed right away is that most of the songs on this album are in standard tuning. The first albums were all in standard tuning. And then Bob Rock kind of got them into tuning down. And I think part of that was heaviness purposes. As they say, tuning down makes it sound heavier. It's also easier to sing in that register when you tune down a little bit and so I think maybe they did that for James but on this album he really like it's his best singing he sounds musical he doesn't sound like he's struggling he sounds comfortable and uh, and that's at standard tuning so I'd have to say he's made some strides as a vocalist for sure yeah, he really has some kind of like uh, really good melody mm-hmm. in some of his, you know, on this. Where, like you said before, he wasn't a lot of melody or harmony early on. Mm-mm. No, but, he was barely like he was barely just growling the words. That's you know, he kind of growl the words. There's some just really interesting 
vocal melodies yeah on this on this record that don't you know that are still heavy mm-hmm. so i thought it's it's just a it's really cool it's 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 different for metallica it's not it, i didn't know what to expect too much from the album as a whole mm-hmm. but i was really really pleasantly surprised by a lot of the choices they made on here like you know when we start we're going to do our top 5 I figure we're counting down from five to one, right? And see what what intersects in there, right? Uh, you know, there's some really cool choices that were made on this. Yeah, yeah. Um, my list is the same as yours, but in different order. Okay, so we got us. We got a. We got our same top five, just rearranged. Right, but. Um, as far as uh, some of the ones that I didn't like, really, I think that this album, like when um, when Rick Rubin did 13 with Sabbath and Geezer Butler says like, yeah, he, he brought in all this gear from the 60s and then he had us listen to the first album and try to like get get us to play something like that, right? He, he goes, I don't know. What, he's, to Geezer Butler, was a total waste of time. He was like, I don't know why he did that. And it didn't have nothing to do with how the album ended up sounding. But <laughs> we did that, you know, whatever. Um, there is a way that you can do that. Like, for example, I mean, you know, if you just really, like, if your band went off course and everybody, all of your fans wanted you to do an album like your first album, you could go back to that album, look at what keys the songs are in, look at you know how fast the songs are, and you could kind of capture the vibe of it in that way, right? I think they kind of did that on this album, but like two songs from this album, two songs from that album, two songs from that album, and so forth. You know, because to me... Like, um, uh, I abbreviated some of this shit, but like Chasing Light, Chasing Light sounds to me kind of like maybe from the Master of Puppets to uh, and Justice for All era, but just like kind of a a leftover song that wouldn't have made the album, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, the same thing for uh, for Shadows Follow. It, it has that Master of Puppets kind of um feel to it and then it's got uh like the typical wah solo and it's one of those things where it's just like it sounds like that but not as good so if that's the case then you know i'd rather hear i don't know something else (laughs) there's other songs to me that like seem reminiscent sleepwalk my life Sleepwalk my life away. I guess I, I fucking uh, abbreviated some of these. It's kind of reminiscent of the of the era that I don't like, you know. And uh, it has kind of like maybe a, almost like a Alice in Chains kind of thing going on. Or you must burn. That song hilariously reminds me of like a like fucking Kiss, like a Creatures of the Night era Kiss. One of the <laughs> ones where Gene sings. <laughs> You know, which I like that shit, but these are like songs where I feel like they're reaching for 
something. They're reaching for a certain time in their style. So bottom line is, I like the ones where they reach for the parts of their career that I liked better, which is mostly the songs that are on the list. Yeah, I like I, I understand that. If it's aping a if it's kind of reminiscent of an era you're not huge on, mm-hmm. then you're probably not going to like it. If it's reminiscent of an era that you really like, because I feel like I did. I, I we've said that before with some of these uh, singles that um, they definitely felt like they were inspired by, like they kind of went back and were like, oh, this was during this time of our our career and this is during this time so it's kind of getting some of that old magic back on some of them Mm -hmm. so uh, i'm gonna go um start at number five on my list it's funny that we got a same top five but it's gonna be rearranged but for my top five number five i had if darkness had a sun I'm not I don't like the the title mm-hmm that's got the uh kind of and justice for all <laughs> feel to it <laughs> yeah so it's like uh I just I really dig it it kind of had that that intro that's very reminiscent from from that time but then it has a good hook on the chorus right um that's 
that's the that's the key on this is you'll have riffs and shit that sound similar uh-huh. to some of their old shit, but James is gonna be a little more sing songy and a little get a little more melody on there and have more of a a sing along hook right on it right yeah you know it's so funny because I thought like almost exactly the same things that you said starting with the title I was like but what would you what would you go with like darkness's son no that sounds yeah. weird son of darkness I might have gone with son of darkness instead but yeah I, I thought the same thing about the title and I thought the same thing I got it right here and justice for all feel and specifically I compared it to eye of the beholder Yes, that was the uh, I very much like got that Eye of the Beholder intro. Right. Kind of. And then both of the songs are at 122 beats per minute. So it's it's probably not a coincidence, you know. I like that pace. I like that um that rhythm, you know. Um I also on this one I like the solo. Kurt's been getting a lot of shit. Bottom line is for a band that's so huge Metallica gets more criticism than most bands right from the very beginning people were saying James couldn't sing I was one of those people I came around on it I think most people did Lars has always gotten shit Jason Newstead got shit mostly for just his shit not even being able to hear it he, well Jason got shit for not being Cliff exactly Exactly. That's true. Exactly. And then Kirk gets shit, you know, for his solos and his wah-wah use and whatever. And the funniest thing to me about all this is that Kirk's never out there talking about how great of a guitar player he is. Lars is never out there, you know, talking about how he should be on top five drummer lists, you know. Fucking Hetfield never said he could sing. <laughs> you know, he's never... Yeah. You know, so it's like... I don't know why they get like the amount of of shit that they get but for this song in particular I think the solo is great he didn't play it safe you know like he, he said he did a lot more improvising on this record you could tell on this one because like he almost loses it it almost goes off the rails but he holds it together so it's cool man it's it, you know it's different and I'll be getting in more into the other solos as we go along but this was one of my favorite solos on the record the song does have like a weird keyboard part at the end that I just didn't get and I didn't feel like it was necessary I think it's a keyboard I couldn't think of what else it would be but yeah I like this song this is one of the one of the highlights of the record for me yeah okay so for number four I had uh, Lux Eterna I just like, you know, I I liked it when I first heard it. I like it now. I like that it doesn't overstay its welcome. (laughs) Metallica has a problem with self-editing sometimes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. Some of this shit, I really like it, but it doesn't need to be as long (laughs) as it is. Mm -hmm. Um, If Darkness had a sun, you could probably even cut a little bit off of it. Right. Um, Because some of these... uh, We're going to get to it in a minute. I really like it, but sometimes you go like, oh, is this a... Like, uh, when 72 Seasons Mm -hmm. came out, which almost cracked my list, Mm -hmm. I like it. The first time I heard the single, I thought it was a fucking instrumental. 
mm-hmm. at first because that intro goes for so long. Right. <laughs> right. But uh, Lexi Turner, uh, opposite. Mm-hmm. Fast pace, just uh, fucking gets in there, rips. It's fun. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's a upbeat song. It's meant to be upbeat. It's about, you know, eternal light mm-hmm. and all this. And it's kind of a throwback. It's a throwback to Kill 'em All. Mm-hmm. And it's a throwback to when they're writing songs about how fucking cool metal was. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's kind of in that vein. It just, boom, gets in, gets out. It's, what, three, three and a half minutes? Mm-hmm. A little under three and a half minutes. So it, you get everything you wanted in a, a fun kind of thrashy song from Metallica. It's got that kill em all tone mm-hmm. on top of everything else. So, yeah, I love it. It's, it's such a, it's a fucking fun jam. Yeah. That's actually my number one, Lexi <laughs> Turner, uh, because of everything that you said. The Kill 'Em All vibe, you know, it's a banger. It's a good song to start a show on. Uh, I do think it's one of the songs from this album that will make the live set and probably continue to be in the live set. Like you said, it's three and a half minutes, no meandering. You know, sometimes they go. It, which is cool. I like those little uh, Metallica interludes and shit, but they're not always necessary. And in this one, that doesn't have any, and it didn't need any. Uh, yeah, I like it, man. Uh, three and a half minute banger. Now, this is the song where some dude went on. The dude's name is Bradley Hall, and he's a guitar player. You know, aren't we all? And. Uh, he went and uh, made a post and said, uh, Lexi Turner, if the solo didn't suck. And he puts his own solo in it, which is it's cool just that you can even do that shit nowadays. That's yeah. cool. You know, it takes a lot of balls to fucking say, hey, check out my solos better than Kirk's or whoever's. Yeah, you come at the king, you best not miss. <laughs> That's a fact. And, you know, and the dude can play, for sure. And the solo's not bad, and he thought it out, and that's obvious. But it doesn't fit. I, yeah. You know? I don't like it. I don't like his solo. I yeah. thought it sucked. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like um, more like a Megadeth solo in a, yeah. uh, in a Metallica song, and it's just like, 
doesn't go, you know. It doesn't go with the song. It's got he's got Ingre itis. Yeah. He's he, where he just shredded all over this fucking thing, but didn't really, you know, cuz Kirk, he, you know, people I guess people showed it to him. Mm-hmm. And Kirk got mad. And you know, that was the first time like you mentioned, you don't usually see Kirk get defensive mm. about his shit and I don't know, I guess someone showed it to Kirk or this and that and maybe he's finally getting a little bit of fucking sack or maybe he's just getting older. Mm-hmm. He fired back and was like, oh, so some fucking, oh, great, yes. Some dude down the street can fucking shred all over it. Great. Uh, does it fit the song? Yeah. And now this dude's taking it. At, oh, he put out another video about, oh, Kirk Hammock has a beef with me now. And it's yeah. like, all right, now you're just fucking annoying me. Right. Um, You know, it's like, you know, cut, write a fucking song that someone's ever heard of. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I, I'd always said the, I think the solo sucks. I don't, okay. It doesn't suck. It sucks for the song. Maybe it'd be good in another song that he wrote. Mm hmm. If he's ever written a song, mm-hmm. I don't know. I I haven't listened to this other guy's shit, or if he's just one of them dudes that can fucking noodle a whole bunch over other people's shit and be like, "Oh, check out my better solo." Right. Um, but I I'm predisposed to not liking him very much. Yeah. Based on his attitude about it, where Kirk basically just said, "Yeah, man, fucking sweet picking is a trick." Mm-hmm. Does it fit the song? So that's how you knew he was really talking about this one dude. Right. Because he does that a grip in that yeah. <laughs> solo. And like you said, it it sounded like a Megadeth solo. Yeah. If you want to have a, quote, better Metallica solo, ape fucking Kirk's old shit then. Yeah. Play something that sounds, that's reminiscent of something off like Ride the Lightning Right. And you know that cuz that creeping death solo fucking kicks a shit ton of ass and fits the song. Yeah. Master of Puppets solo. Yeah. Play a song in that style if you think that Kirk's, you know, phrasing and everything else mm-hmm. was lazy. Mm-hmm. Well, go back to a time that maybe you think he was better. Or are you one of those guys that's just oh, Kirk has always sucked. Right. Cuz what you if you're if you're making it mega deathy you know, you're you're telling me, um, oh, it you're you're one of those fucking jack offs that's like, oh, you know, it was it was Metallica was better with Dave Mustaine in the band, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. Although he overshot it. If he was trying to go for that, he overshot it and he landed on Marty Friedman, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like you said, which is fine. If you don't like Kirk, you don't like Kirk. But just just say I don't like Kirk. Yeah. Right? And that's don't have to criticize this particular solo. Although, I mean, this particular solo of Kirk's, it's not my favorite. I kind of feel like maybe they could have done another take of, of particularly the beginning of it. But, hey, if you're trying to uh, improvise something and, and come up with something, you know, magic, well, you, you're going to live and die on that one. Yeah. You know, so I think generally speaking, I like most of the solos on this record. I think the guitar playing on this album is really good. Uh, this is not one of my favorites, but I don't think it sucked, and I don't think that other dudes was better. Yeah, and I, th- why well, at the end of the day, I feel like Kirk's 
fit the song. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and and it was fine. It's not his best solo he ever did, but no. it was it was adequate. Like you said, maybe mm-hmm. they could have done another take on it or something like that. But for what it was, it was fine. You don't need like every not every solo needs to be like earth shattering and world changing. Sometimes it just needs to be fine, right? And that's what it was for me. It didn't get in the way of the song. Uh-uh. I don't know if a different solo would have elevated the song much more. It's already number one on yours with a yep. solo that you weren't even that into. Exactly. Um, yep. Where did you have if darkness had a sun on your list? By the way, fourth. Okay. So. Yep. So go ahead. What's what you got next? My my number three was uh, Enamorata. Enamorata.
was like the tribute to Tony Iommi or something. Totally. That's the fucking dirgy, doomy. Mm-hmm. This is some of them decisions where a lot of the riffs on this album mm-hmm. are a lot doomier sounding than some of their other shit had been. Agreed. And that is where, when you talk about uh, what makes a song heavy, mm-hmm. a lot of guys, when they talk about, oh, Metallica's not as heavy as they used to be. Right. They mean fast. <laughs> right, 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 right. And to me, you don't need to be fast to be heavy. Mm-mm. You need to be fast to be thrash. Mm-hmm. So just say that you just want to play more thrash. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> At right. At that point. But Inamorata is heavy as fuck. Fuck yeah. And it's very, it's a dirge. And it's 11 minutes long. So it probably doesn't, it, I don't know if it needed to be 11 minutes long. But it is. And there ain't anything on it that sucks. It's just, fuck, dude. It it's a it was a cool close to the album to just end on this long, heavy, classic Black Sabbath. Could have been Candlemas. Mm-hmm. Yep. Riff, you know. Yeah. So it put me, it, I got it at number three only because I liked a couple songs a little bit more. So. Right. Like you said, it's it's a shout out to Sabbath. It's got the plodding riff. The chords are actually really strange on this one because they're like inverted power chords. It's like usually the root note is the lowest note and then you play the fifth higher. In this case, they played the fifth as the lowest note and then the octave was lower. So it's a diff- different sounding chords. And some people find it, it sounds, it's a really heavy sound. And some people find it like disconcerting. They, they think it sounds kind of wrong. And in a way, when you're used to hearing the regular power chords, it does sound kind of wrong. So like sometimes when I'm trying to show somebody a riff like that and they don't get it, I just do it the like what would be the regular way. And then they're like, yeah, that sounds like, yeah, okay, cool. I was trying to do something a little bit more different, but they pulled it off. You know, which is cool because it gives it a different sound. It's different chords than than most people use. And while it somehow sounds different, it also, like you said, is reminiscent of Sabbath Bloody Sabbath. It's got a little bit of National Acrobat in there. Got a little bit of Planet Caravan in there. It's got a lot of little Sabbath um, things. And the tempo of the song is also 120 beats per minute, just like Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. It's right in that range, you know. It's got the wah solo, but not like a Kirk Hammett wah solo. It's more like an Iomi kind of wah solo. So it gives it, a, a again, a shout out. This is um, actually my favorite solo on the record. And then it also has that mellow part with just the bass and vocals and drums. And that is a highlight, too, for, uh, for James. He sounds awesome on that part. So, yeah, man, there's a lot of things to like about this song. And um, it was my number two. So, yeah, I like this song. <laughs> yeah, no, that fucking, it's great. Um, my number two was Room of Mirrors.
and this one, uh, I can't, you know, it's, it's always fun cause you dissect it more from the, uh, uh, musician standpoint and mm. for me it's just what i what i like is what i like mm-hmm. <laughs> and i i can't uh, always say why mm-hmm. room of mirrors i like because this i feel like that between room of mirrors and too far gone too far gone would have been my um number six mm-hmm. maybe on that uh this is a james hetfield vocal highlight to mm-hmm. me is Room of Mirrors is really hooky with the with his delivery of the lyrics. Um, it's a fast paced song. It's I don't know. I just everything about it just had a really cool sound to it. So I feel like this one was the the equivalent that I'm gonna draw on this one is kind of hit the lights a little bit. It's that same tempo and it's got the same feel. And then it's got also too where it has like a like a guitar interlude in it that's a little bit reminiscent of Iron Maiden. I actually think like the solo is kind of fast Eddie Clarkish, you know. So I see a lot of um, shout outs to early Metallica, which is in a sense kind of shout outs to Motorhead and Diamondhead, you know. So. Yeah. It has a lot of that feel in it, and and I liked it. I liked it. Yeah, yeah. They, I, people described Metallica back in the day as if you smashed Motorhead and Diamond Head together. Right. Yep, yep, pretty much. All right, and my number one was Crown of Barbed Wire.
to me, the intro, I mean, it's it's also serves as kind of the main riff. But the first time you hear that riff and the fucking tone on that riff, just the boom, 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 it's that's the fucking heaviest sound I think Metallica's ever produced. Right. There's just something heavy and fucking sinister about it. And it just, the first time I heard it, I was like, whoa, this was a fucking choice. Like, I didn't know they had that in them. Mm -hmm. It's a sound that I've never heard Metallica make before. Mm -hmm. And a tone they've never, they haven't really, it does, it's the one, it's one of the songs on the album that just doesn't remind me of really anything else they've done mm-hmm. it's just they they came out with this evil fucking lick dude and I don't know like maybe the, the closest I could compare that sound to is Black Sabbath on like Born Again or something mm-hmm. where you know Iomi had some evil shit on there and then it's also really distorted sounding I mean on accident yeah. <laughs> because they 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 fucked up the the uh, masters on stuff on that almost mm-hmm. with the uh, one of the uh, amps was blown out and they didn't realize it it got mixed weird but um, you know like Zero the Hero I guess kind of had this very weird sound mm-hmm. to the to the rift and everything else mm-hmm. and even the keyboards that accompanied it had this bizarre fucking tone where it's like the heaviest keyboards I ever heard is probably on Zero the Hero. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if maybe they kind of got inspired by that vibe, but man, they threw out a fucking riff that was just wicked. So, yep. And wicked sounding and once again, sounding different because once again, they're using some inverted chords. They're also using odd intervals. They're using different shapes of the of the traditional just heavy metal power chord so it's really their own like it doesn't sound like anything else the only thing that i don't like about this song is that there's a couple extra parts it's like you say there's a lot of times where metallica just goes off on it in a different direction and sometimes it works awesome Sometimes it doesn't work that great, and sometimes it's just okay. You know, for me, this this one, it's just okay. Some of the parts feels a little bit pieced together, and some of the pieces might be unnecessary. But outside of that, everything that's on there sounds good and sounds unique. And while it does have a Sabbathy feel, I only didn't use those kind of chords, so it sounds different. And heavy, like you said. It sounds fucking heavy. Which is, you know, always a complaint of mine when it's not heavy enough. So I have to go out there and say that, yeah, when it is. So this is. And generally speaking, the album, I was pleased with the tone of the whole album. With It's got balls, you know, it's not soft. So yeah, uh, pretty much uh, this is one of... Um, one of the better Metallica albums lately. Yeah. I mean, it's, I would put it, here's the thing. It's anytime I say this, like if, if I go like, oh man, it's probably their best record since like the black album. Mm. 
depending on what your opinions are of the black album and everything after that, that's mm-hmm. not saying a ton. Right. <laughs> um, but I mean, it fucking, I mean, it kills, uh, load and reload. Oh yeah. It really fucking kills St. Anger. Yeah. The, I don't, I don't know if I count Lulu. No, <laughs> no, not really. Um, death magnetic was cool, mm-hmm. but the production was off. Right. Fucking, um, Hardwire was cool, but there's a couple of songs on there that I'm like, mm. you guys are starting to turn into that band that doesn't throw anything away. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's a couple of tracks on that that I always skipped, like fucking Man Unkind. Man Unkind is one of them. Because <laughs> yeah. that one, it has a dumbass name. Right. Um, but then uh, there is. I felt like, you know, Hardwired kind of stumbled down, you know, down the uh, down the finish until it hits uh, Spit Out the Bone. Mm-hmm. If we're going to, like, I have to look at the track listing again and see what I skip over usually. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not in, like, skip mode with this one yet. I'm sure I will at some point. Because hard, Hardwired was fucking cool. It started off really good mm. but i didn't really care about i didn't like confusion that much i didn't like man unkind very much here comes revenge was okay am i savage was okay murder one was okay mm. and then spit out the bone fucking kicked ass yeah so <laughs> um but that that last streak of songs i tend to skip i just just go straight to spit out the bone and i'm good um, but then when they had the uh, the bonus, Lords of Summer uh, was fucking sick as hell, and I don't know why it didn't make the main album. Ooh, <laughs> I don't right. know why it didn't make the cut, and it's just on the bonus tracks. And then it had the Ronnie Rising medley, and When a Blind Man Cries, a Deep Purple cover, yeah. and then the Maiden cover, Remember Tomorrow, mm-hmm. and then they had a bunch of live tracks on there. So I'm wondering if, like, if they're going to do something like that, like, I kind of want to know what's the bonus track for this for 72 seasons. Yeah. What's the shit that didn't quite make the cut? Cause there's gotta be something. Oh, for sure. Um, and those, you know, with death magnetic, there was the, uh, the cut content basically. And it was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of want to know what's, what's the, uh, what's the extra for 72 seasons that comes right. down the line. But right. that's the thing is it didn't have um it didn't launch with that you know bonus content right like hardwired did hardwired you could get the deluxe edition right off the bat right off the bat yeah so um we'll see if they put something out that's like oh this is from the 72 season sessions and we thought it was sick but we already had a long record mm-hmm. <laughs> you right know? right Another thing about this album is if you plan on going to see Metallica when they come on tour, you will probably be receiving a copy of this album because that's how they did it last time. And that's how you get on, you remain on the charts and remain in uh, record sales is when you say, like, yeah, we're just going to bump the price of the ticket up a little bit and then we'll shoot you a CD. Uh, yeah. Uh, on the on the rebound, so that's why I ha- I have that hardwired uh, CD, you know, 
because uh, we got it with the with the tickets we went. So yeah, it, actually Prince was the first dude that I ever knew that did that. It happened to coincide right as album sales were starting to dwindle a little bit. So you know, yeah, you pick up a few tips from Prince, you're probably doing pretty good. Yeah, I mean, we're in a different time period mm. now. People don't buy physical media. Right. It's weird. It's they either stream it, they you know, the the album's out on Spotify right now. You can listen to the whole thing if you got a Spotify subscription. Or they buy it digitally. Mm-hmm. And if they're going to buy a physical thing, they buy the vinyl. Right. You know, it, so if there's a cool vinyl pressing and, you know, the hipsters love that shit. They love, oh, you everything sounds better on vinyl it's the warmth right <laughs> you know but um that's that's what sells as far as physical media now people don't buy cds that much anymore it's a little early to find out how their sales are doing on this one but i mean they and in the end of the day through by hook or by crook they end up fucking going platinum Oh yeah. There's no way this doesn't go platinum again. It's when it's better than a lot of their shit they've done in a minute. Right. Um, but you know, Rolling Stone gave it you know four stars. Uh, Metal Hammer gave it three and a half. Kerrang gave it four. Uh, Kerrang, I feel like is still kind of the. They still got clout. Oh yeah. They're Kerrang the Euro is, metal bible. Yeah. yeah. Kerrang is just like that's. If you're if Kerrang likes you, you're cool. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so you know if Kerrang's giving you a pretty good rating, you're probably gonna do all right. Yeah. So, but you know, good effort from Metallica. Um, I wish it, you know, not wait so damn long in between records at this point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but um. Oh, uh, to be fair, well, let me see. S and M two was twenty twenty. Goddamn, that was already three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been seven years since Hardwired, which goddamn, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And then it was, you know, when Hardwired came out, it was eight years since Death Magnetic, right? And when Death Magnetic came out, it was. Uh, Oh, f- five years since Saint Anger. Mm-hmm. So they, you know, those time periods between albums starts getting longer and longer. And I kind of, I get it. They're older. It takes a minute. Um, but you know, back in the day, you had these band. You know, Metallica banged out an album every couple years. Mm-hmm. You know, from eighty one to to ninety one, it was. I think they're average about every two years for their for their albums, and then it became oh here here's load in 1995. Here's reload. Reload had a shorter time period because load was supposed to be a, a double album, right? And they couldn't get it all together, so they just the the reload shit was recorded during the load sessions, and it just took longer to get. Yeah, I think they probably re-recorded some parts and mixed it, and then did two separate albums a few years apart instead of fucking Guns N' Roses releasing two albums <laughs> on the same day right. of some shit that didn't need to be on two albums. I got fucking... One day we'll get into fucking Use Your Illusion because, yeah. good Lord. Uh, have we talked about Guns N' Roses? Did we ever do a GNR episode? We're I don't old. think I don't, so. I don't, 
I'll remember what we've done and what we did. Maybe we should do a GNR episode. I'd soon. be down. Yeah. Um, I know you got opinions. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah. No, I think they've come up in some other shit. I just realized I don't think we've done a GNR episode. We haven't done a Megadeth one. Nope. Uh, we haven't done Slayer. We haven't done Anthrax. We because we, we were gonna do like the big four as a grouping. Right. Um. But yeah, we're gonna so well hang out for for <laughs> upcoming content that we keep forgetting to do. Right. Uh, we're gonna, we 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 made an executive decision to uh, a, attempt to, or we're gonna try to hold ourselves to this. We're gonna try recording every two weeks now. Yep. And just have something in the can and going pretty consistently. Yeah. Uh, to get that get that shit back up there. So if anybody's actually listening to this still, right? Because we they probably anybody that maybe did follow us i don't know maybe they're probably starting to think like we quit (laughs) Uh, yeah i promise you this if if and when we quit and hang it up you will know there's not gonna we're not gonna ghost you we will do uh, this is our final episode right (laughs) go out with a bang yeah but for now yeah so we're gonna we're gonna uh buckle down and uh so you'll be seeing more of us hopefully you'll like it yeah, um, and I'm getting close to graduating from SDSU, and that is going to fucking open up my free time quite a bit when I don't have to write, you know, fucking research papers all oh, the time and shit. Yeah. Um, so that's yeah. right. If as long as I pass, as long as I'm gonna say this right now, yeah. if anybody gives a shit, yeah, as long as I pass Spanish three over the summer, <laughs> I will be graduating in the uh, fall semester. Nice. <laughs> I'll be. I I. Basically, I have to, uh, after this semester, I just need to basically take one more 500-level class and f- just because that's a requirement and uh, finish my Spanish requirement. Awesome. And I'm done. But so I have I got to take... You, t- I got yeah. you for tutoring if you need it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Chupo mi jefos. Yeah. All right. I know that one from when I was a kid. There you go. <laughs> All right, man. Okay, so I guess that wraps up this one. Until the next one, this is me, Big Frog. Me, Mike Castleberry. And we are out.
Come with it now! 